This episode of the Happy Hour is brought to you by... Set your time circuits to Saturday, February 21st, as Main Street Bartow presents The Return of Sci-Fi Saturdays, 11 a.m. until 8.30 p.m. in downtown Bartow. Meet Paul Bradford of Ghost Hunters International, Space Ghost, Star Wars Club 501st, host of Happy Hour, Johnny and Deuce, USS Haven Star Trek Fan Club, Daytona Beach Ghostbusters, C, a life-size H.G. Wells time machine, Doctor Who's TARDIS, a Cylon Raider, and many more props. There will be vendors, costume contests, game shows, kids' activities, Doctor Who look-alike contests, featured movie on the lawn, Star Trek IV, The Voyage Home. Broadcasting live all day will be 102.9 FM. Our sponsors are Stingray Chevrolet, Pyramid Fasteners, Tyndall Oliver, Bartow Chamber, and SLS Entertainment. Don't forget, that's February 21st, 11 a.m. to 8.30 in downtown Bartow. Oh, don't forget your sonic screwdriver. Number one, Heather, thank you so, so much for coming on our show, Happy Hour with Johnny and Deuce. We're avid, avid watchers of King of the Nerds, so having you on the show is a real, real big pleasure for us. Well, it's always awesome to talk to fans who really like the show, so this is great for both of us. Yeah, well, it's funny, Heather. Uh, this is Johnny. Um, we... Uh... <laughs> We hi we um it's funny because like when I when I first saw you on screen I was like oh my gosh this, she's awesome like she's so like <laughs> like you're enigmatic like I want to know more about you but like you're you you own the room you know like that's something I noticed yeah. right away like you're very confident I like that in you I do I definitely have gotten a lot of screen time so <laughs> yeah that, it brings me to my next question it's like you, have you been watching each episode as they air. Absolutely do. Um, I actually watch with Lily because we live in the same city, so I go over to her family's house and we watch the episodes together. Oh, nice! That sounds like a good time. Uh, what? It is ha- super fun. How do you feel about uh, the way the the couple of episodes have gone um, with the uh, the nerd offs? Because those those are very challenging. They are. Well, um, obviously, I was super devastated to see Jacob go um, because he was one of my favorite people instantly and since then we've had the secret six so it's been a matter of it's it's there's a slight emotional investment like of course i want thomas to stay around um but i know that no matter what the person who goes home isn't key to my success in the game so it's kind of okay well yeah it's true it's it's for me it's like you know you have team smash which you're a part of let's let our listeners know if they haven't seen you're part of team smash and then there is Team uh, Hulu, right? I always get that. House Hulu. House Hulu. Yeah, I always yeah, get that. Hulu. Yeah, House Hulu. Yeah, I always get that one mixed up. Uh, but yeah, it's. It, I think both teams are kind of different in their own way. Like, I, I, I want to go to the episode, episode two, about the cosplay episode because yeah. that really, for me, you guys shined because it, Lily had it in the bag. Like, they costume wise, they, they nailed their costumes and. Of course, you know, you had the, I forget the name of the cosplayer that was on the... Yeah, yeah, Han. Yeah, she was on it, and it's like, you know, they, they obviously had that edge when it comes to doing the cosplay, but you guys end up taking taking home the win because of your amazing script. It was awesome. Tell us about oh, that. We knew, and I say this in the episode, I say, if this was a week-long challenge, Lily would win, but I say, and I quote, uh, I am the queen of fast ship play, which um, I do a competitive scavenger hunt, and you have to kind of construct costumes really fast all the time. So I was like, I can come up with something that's good enough 
And then we just have to win on pizzazz. And that's all we have to go against them with is our charisma. So that's what we need to play at. Well, that's awesome. And, and I think that's exactly where you hit the nail on the head. Like, you don't have to have the most intricate cosplay to win that competition. Because they do a competition like this almost every season. It's You just got to yeah. make it good enough to pass the judges' test. And then it's really your presentation that wins it. And you guys' presentation just killed it. Well, and this was kind of funny. Um, but after the Rube Goldberg machine, Ben said to me, he was like, your team's problem. He said he was being very cocky. He said, you should really try winning sometime. The thing is, your team's problem is you overthink it. And he was like, the judges aren't that smart. Like, play to the judges. And it's funny because that's what we did the second challenge, and he totally forgot his own advice. And, and you so. smoked him because of it. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Well, it's funny now. Now to catch up our our listeners, you know, uh, was it episode four is on Friday, correct? Yeah, that's Super gonna be exciting. It's the nerd anthem challenge. So that's always my favorite. Every oh, yeah. year when they do the music is my favorite. It's gonna be exciting. I mean, I I just what I love about the show. I mean, the main reason I, I love watching the show and especially this this season really captivated me was like. There's so much diversity, I feel like, in this season amongst all the other seasons. I mean, you, you look at, you know, we're going to be talking to Amanda in the future, and we've already talked to Todd already. And, I mean, they're so polar opposites of each other, but they it's just awesome. It's an awesome amalgamation of just, you know, everything. Because you, you, in your little uh, TBS uh, promo, you were talking about how, you know, you're fans of, you know, everything. Like, you got a little bit of each thing that you're a fan of, and you, you had your tattoos mm-hmm. and whatnot and, and everything like that. And I, I think that was really cool. For, so, well, uh, because we are super nerds, whenever we got back, we all took this online quiz that's like a what type of nerd are you quiz, and then we had Jonathan Adler run statistical analysis on it, and that's what the results said, is that Jacob and Amanda were similar to each other and unlike every other, other person. So it's like, that's how distinct the data was at points, was that we have two people who are only like each other and not similar to any other person on the entire cast in any category. Wow, that that's fascinating. I didn't even know they did that type of uh, statistical analysis. That's that's uh, wow. That that makes it kind I of. I mean, Jonathan loves data. So. Oh, that's true. Yeah, uh, I wanted to ask you something because I'd be remiss without uh, talking about Lord of the Rings with you. Uh huh. Yeah, you mentioned that you you were you were on a farm. Now, this was in Denver, or were yeah. you? Yeah, in Denver, Colorado. Oh no, I grew up. I grew up in rural Oklahoma. Uh, my home, like my graduating class from my hometown, was less than thirty people. Um, very, very, very small place. Um, and so, yeah, I was not in Denver. I've moved to Denver since graduating college. Well, I was wondering because you said you're from Denver, and I was like, I didn't know they had that many farms in Denver. I yeah, guess there I didn't is. Think of bacon farms <laughs> out in Denver. You know what I mean? <laughs> but yeah, uh, I got I got out of the prairie as soon as I can, and I don't think that anybody blames me for that. No, no, no. My my wife is actually from Nebraska, and there's nothing but this fields after fields after fields. And we live in uh, the Happy Hour and Johnny Days. We're from Orlando, Florida, so she she does not miss any of those fields and stuff like. Like that because there was just <laughs> nothing to do in those areas other than farm and watch football and shoot your guns. So. That's, yeah, that's pretty much it. And that's why um, I I think that's why I ended up the way I did because I didn't have friends who were super into what I was into because everybody was like, I'm going to grow up and farm pigs. And I was like, well, it's not really what I like. So I was trying to raise by the internet is what I always tell people. And they're like, how do you know so much about everything? Well, because I didn't have real world friends and I sat on my computer since we got a computer. So... I think that's a t-shirt idea right there, yeah. raised by the internet. <laughs> it's like, it's sad how true it is. Oh, like, yeah, I was actually raised by the internet. 
So what what is your thoughts on the Hobbit movies? Because uh, I, f- I feel like they're a little bit different than the Lord of the Rings movies. Did you get to see I them? I do. Okay, so unpopular opinion. I actually like the Hobbit as a book better than the Lord of the Rings trilogy um, because it is designed for children, and it's super whimsical and fun, and I read it when I was a child, and it was super whimsical and fun. Um, but the movies, I am not really a fan of. I feel like... I feel like they tried to do too much and not enough at the same time. So they're really strung out in places. They're kind of boring. They take up a lot of artistic license. They borrow a lot from the Cimmerillion, and it really needed to be one movie. One quirky movie for kids is what they should have made. And so they made a trilogy of things trying to pander to the audience of Lord of the Rings, and The Hobbit inherently isn't the same as Lord of the Rings because it is a children's story. So, yeah, well, no, judgment, no, I agree. And that was the thing was, like, when I heard it was going to happen, because originally... It was going to be Guillermo del Toro, uh, the guy who did Blade Two and and Pan's Labyrinth and all that. He was originally signed on mm-hmm. as the director, and I was like, "Oh wow, they're really going to take this in a different way." Because you know, Guillermo del Toro is very known for his creatures, and yeah. and he had signed on Ian McKellen, and he signed on um, the guy who plays Gollum, Andy Serkis, and so like he had all the cast coming back, and I was like, "Oh great, this is going to be a whole new world." And then he dropped out because I guess of the strikes or something like that, some sort of writing thing was happening, and so he he kind of just stayed on as like a producer. But and then Peter Jackson came back and it was like all right it was two movies and then now it's three movies and i'm like i just felt like that was way too much like trying to spread out across what was that whole line in the in the hobbit or the lord of the rings books to you know not enough butter over a bread or something like that it's like i don't know Mm -hmm. it it just felt like for me it just felt like they were just trying to cash in i guess i hate to say that but like yeah it does well that does there's no other reason for it to be three movies and that's what they tried to justify by incorporating things from other Tolkien works, but I don't think that they ever reached a justification point. And it's just like, to me, the whole charm of The Hobbit is it's whimsical and fun, and it's an adventure story, and it's not, like, a battle that you care about. Like, it's about the adventure, right? And I don't feel like we got that from the movies at all. Yeah, well, I, didn't, I haven't even actually seen Battle of the Five Armies, because uh, I, I, I saw the first one, and I was like, oh, it's okay. And then... It just felt, for me, it felt like they were trying to one-up each other, each movie. Is that the case with Battle of the Five Armies? Did they try to one-up? Uh, so, no, Battle of the Five Armies has a really, like, straight-up Lord of the Rings feel, which is okay, um, but mostly boring. And there's this really ridiculous scene where Thorin has gold blast, and he's, like, drowning in a pool of his own imaginary gold, and it's the most absurd thing that I've ever seen in my life. Like, it is absolutely ridiculous like he is just like sinking into the floor and like trying to swim and you're not really that emotionally invested in any of these characters because they weren't very well set up so you're just like okay who cares Thor and Oaken Shield drown like (laughs) I have no investment yeah well it's not very good well you know I'm not I'm not really kind of jumping to see the last one but I guess I will just to see how it ends but I I love the book as a kid I actually love the 1970s animated cartoon did you ever see that that funny cartoon yes uh, i actually own the soundtrack for it on our record um but it's a very warped record so it doesn't like quite play well so <laughs> but i do own it well we remember you saying about how much of a harry potter fan you were and how you had the two different harry potter tattoos uh i've got a question yeah. because we're here in orlando have you been to the harry potter world yet yeah so actually um my i got my first tattoo ever um because it was the day I had thought about getting the Deathly Hallows symbol on my shoulder, and it was the day that the last movie came out, and I was in Orlando at a Harry Potter convention, <laughs> and I was, and there's the like the heart <laughs> tattoo shop that you can see Hogwarts out of, yeah. um, 
So I was like, if I don't get it now, I'm always going to, and I get it later, I'll always wish that it was this moment. So that's how I got my very first tattoo. Was I was like, if I get a Harry Potter tattoo on any other day, I'm going to be so sad that it wasn't today. Oh, wow. So you went to the Huntington and Hart tattoo shop that's right there at City Walk. Yeah. Wow, that's awesome. Yep. Because I wanted to be able to, like, they, uh, I could see Hogwarts from my chair, and then they played, uh, it was Planet Earth Caves which is my favorite planet Earth, and it was a great day. Yeah, so uh, in your um, your promo for TBS, you said you're an, you're a scientist by day and blogger by night. So what what is the main focus of your blogging? Is it pretty diverse, or you have uh, a certain topic that you like? Oh, no, it's, uh, it's mostly a critical television blog. Since the show has started, I have, like, put it on lockdown because I don't want people to read my bad TV opinions anymore. Oh, wow. Um, but it'll probably come back when attention dies down. But yeah, with a critical television analysis blog where basically I watch TV shows and then I'm like, what is the Christ symbolism in Supernatural? Let's talk about it. And so it's like an academic take on pop culture. Oh, my God. I really want to read that. Like, when it comes back online, will you send us an email? Because I want to read that. I absolutely will. Okay. It's, it's like my number one hobby is, like, getting too academic about television. So it's kind of sad that I just – I don't know. Like, there are years and years of posts, and I was like, I probably said something awful at some point. So I might as well put it away, wait a little bit, and let it come back. Well, that just sounds amazing because, like, I'm a huge Supernatural fan. So, like, any of the symbolism in Supernatural – and, I mean, you can do it for almost any TV show. What's the symbolism? What is the deeper meaning? What are – you know, those yeah, kind of cycle. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. That's basically what I do. I, have a, I was really into Supernatural for about two years, so I have so much Supernatural stuff, actually. Well, it's, it's probably my favorite show right now besides your show, of course – King of the Nerds, oh, of which is on TBS at nine o'clock on Fridays, which you got to check out. But yeah, I, I love Supernatural, so seeing anything like that would be awesome. Well, and I, th- and I, th- I, I really loved Supernatural up until season five, and I felt like that was a really good close to a story. And yeah. then it kept going. So I have like mixed feelings about post season five, but I think that seasons one through five together is probably my favorite TV show. Like it's a very well encapsulated, thought out story. Oh, I agree. And see, the thing is, is I call Supernatural, it's part one and part two for me. Season one through five is part one, and we'll use Star Wars as a reference. That's the original trilogy, is season one through five. Everything else is kind of like the prequels. It's there, and it is Supernatural, and it's okay, but it's not as good as the originals. That's that's a really good analogy, but also they, like, they first had Sarah Gamble as the showrunner, and then they switched to Jeremy Carver, and it's like... Oh, it's just like a fiasco of like getting their mindset on what they're doing and going in the definite direction. Like, what do you do after the apocalypse? Like, you already did the apocalypse. Yeah, once you've uh, already thrown Satan hard. in the pit, what do you do? The biggest villain of all time is now put away in prison. What do you do? No, I'm right there with you. And I think their other big problem was every year they they were on the chopping block. Like, they didn't know, okay, yeah. are we going to get axed? So they couldn't write a two, three, four-year storyline because they didn't know if they had it. But now they're doing so well ratings-wise. I think they'll be able to go until, you know, uh, uh, Dean and, and Sam. I wish I could think of their real names right now. Uh, uh, Jensen, Jensen Ackles and Jared Padalecki. Oh, you're the amazing. You are so amazing. Thank you for that. Um, I think they can pretty much go until those guys tap out. And, and Misha Collins, of course, is Castiel. I think until any yeah. of those three taps out, they can go pretty much forever with that. I think that that's 
probably true, but it's a matter of like how long do I want it to go on? <laughs> like, like my heart breaks sometimes because they have. I feel like now they have great episodes. Like there are episodes where I'm like, this is absolutely brilliant. But like as somebody who's a fan of like constructive stories, sometimes it's a little sloppy. So yeah. it's Like I just want them to get it together. But yeah, like you said, since they aren't scared of being cut anymore then yeah. it's one of those things where perhaps they'll get it together and i have a lot of faith in jeremy carver as a showrunner i think that season eight was really strong very very strong so. as we called it season great because it was yeah, <laughs> yeah. well it's it's funny for me it's like uh supernatural i think what what makes supernatural great is it takes all the great things that we loved growing up and they throw it in there because like i i love i don't know if you ever watched buffy the vampire slayer uh heather Yes. Yeah, so Joss Whedon is the man. He knows what he's doing. And I felt like the shots they just pulled straight from 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 uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I'm like, wow, that's paying homage to, you know, what came before it. And that's what I really liked, you know, growing up is re- you know, watching those type of uh shows and whatnot. But Oh no, I was just gonna say that's actually why I watched Buffy the Vampire Slayer is people were like, If you love the cute meta stuff that Supernatural does, like this is where it came from. You should check this out. And there's like, Oh, it's so long but yeah, I'm uh so I'm for during my first rewatch of Buffy, and I'm on the last season, but I'm watching Angel at the same time, so it's taking quite a long time. But. Oh, yeah. Nice. And that's the way you've got to do it. Like, if you do a rewatch, you've got to do Buffy and Angel together and kind of make sure mm-hmm. you sync them up. So then, but yeah, it, it's I have, a like, lot. Yeah, guy that I follow from the internet. So oh, that's the I, best. I actually watch it all with Jacob, like, from King of the Nerds. So oh, we nice. So we on the computer together and watch in, like, Skype. That's cool. How do people find you on on the internet? So uh, the internet, so it's super funny because uh, if you talk to people from my season, they're like, well, Heather's the social and emotional nexus of this season. But right now, people on the internet are not very happy with me. Wide, like widespread distaste for my existence, which is fine, I guess. Why? What happened? uh, Well, they think that I yell a lot, which is definitely true. <laughs> but mostly it's the uh, it's the yelling at Ori and then yelling at Todd uh, in the same episode that gets to people. But, but they kind of had it Ori coming. Or Todd, yeah. Well, yeah, I feel like they're different situations, first of all. Yeah. And when you talk to Ori, he's like, we wouldn't have won. if you So the thing about Ori is Ori actually had never entered a boat race with more than one person before that moment. So when we're paddling at one point, we're trying to turn, and then I realize that he doesn't know how to turn a boat. Yeah, wow. he doesn't know how to counter steer. Like, you know, you pivot it. And so I had to be like, Ori, here's what we're doing. And Ori forgave me very fast. Like, when I apologized, I'd actually, the prizes were different colors, and I grabbed the blue prizes as soon as we walked into the room because blue is my favorite color. And yeah. so I apologized to Ori, and you can see this in the episode if you watch. And he's like, I'll forgive you if you give me the blue stuff. And so I <laughs> give him the blue equipment. I actually saw that and I thought that was really, really cool because I don't know if I would have done the same thing if I was in your position. So I thought that was really, (laughs) really cool of you to go ahead and give him the blue stuff. But Ori seems... Yeah, I mean, it was easy. Yeah, and Ori seems like he's kind of a pain in the tuchus, but uh, Uh, he he gets over it real easy. Ori? Yeah. Ori is a better person than I am. Like, Ori has a moral code, like, that's so intense that I cannot relate to it. Wow. Um, or he does get distracted easily. So we always describe it, and he's like, Heather, yeah. I love you. I could never live with you again. And I'm like, I love you, and I would never enter a competition with you again. Exactly. And so we have, like, a very, very Love-hate good Love-hate relationship, if you will. Going on. But what bothers people the most is that it's in conjunction with Todd yelling, and then, you know, I yell at Todd. 
Well, um, Todd had it coming. Uh, I'm not going to lie. We we interviewed Todd last week, and I was singing his praises. And then Friday, we dropped the episode. I watched the episode Friday night, and I see the stunt he pulled. And I was doing the Picard face palm. Yeah, so what happens there is uh, that went on for quite a long time. And I was standing in another room, and I said, this is what... I really looked up to about Mary Kate from season two is that when Zach was being a tyrant to everybody, she oh, was yeah. the only person who said something. And Colby looks at me and says, well, why don't you start acting like the people you look up to instead of talking about it as yeah. like kind of a threat? And I was like, you know what? Okay. And I marched from the smash room, which is very far away, all the way to that room. Um, and that's why everybody enters after me. Cause they were like, Heather is on a war path. Um, and how Todd describes it is he says, do you ever realize when you're yelling that all that you're not making any progress, but you can't go back, so all you're doing is continuing to yell? And he was like, that's what was happening. Like, and he was like, I needed somebody to stop me. And so you walking in, yelling at me, not taking my crap, and then Rachelle grabbing my hand, he was like, that was the only thing that was going to stop the situation. Yeah, because Todd full-on hulked out. Like, full-on hulked out. Yeah, and it and it, um, it was really sensitive for me because I'm very protective of Lily. Like, Lily, um, a lot of people are like, she's really manipulative, and you can look at her however you no, want. No, I don't uh, think that at all. She's a kindergarten teacher. Like, like, she's very, like, she's very nice, and she's very honest, and so at this point, like Todd was kind of drunk, and he was he was doing stuff like the whole episode. I just kept telling, like in my confessionals, I would be like, "He's gonna be so embarrassed to watch this, and it breaks my heart." And that was like my main concern was like, once you get to a certain point of villainy, you know that that's the only way that you can continue because it takes such a big person to be like, "That sucked. Like I did something terrible, terrible, terrible." And that's, like, a level of humility that you don't really have in the heat of the moment like that. So, yeah, the whole time I was just like, Todd is going to be so sad when he sees this. But, like, yeah. right now, Todd is honestly my best friend. Like, um, we established really early on that we're both big personalities and we don't take each other's crap. And that's great in a friend because they're always going to be super honest with you. Well, I'm going to I'm gonna show you a little bit of behind the scenes with Happy Hour with Johnny and Deuce. And I wasn't going to tell you this originally, but I think I can tell it to you now. Todd the Bod actually direct messaged me on Twitter before he came on, and he said, hey, make sure to take it easy on Heather. She's my best friend. So, Do you know that Todd sent me that screen cap also? Because he knew that I was coming on. Oh, did he, he really? That, like, yeah, I kind of had a weird day, and so he was like, don't worry about it. They're great. And I was like, okay. Well, hey, I appreciate you saying that, and I appreciate him saying that, that we're great. Because, like I said, we're just big fans of the show, and we're big fans of you guys. And we just want you to have a platform where you can come on, talk about the show, promote the show, which is King of the Nerds on TBS at 9 o'clock on Fridays. And, you know, just be you. You don't have to be Heather, the reality show person. You can just be Heather, the person. Todd told me that he liked so much about you guys. He was like, we didn't just talk about King of the Nerds. Like, we talked about me, and we talked about my friends and things that I like, and then we also talked about the show, because, like, the thing is, is my life is really interconnected with this show for whatever reason. Like, I made all of these super great friends who are very important in my life, um, and that is related to the show, but it's also very, very much me, so. Well, that's awesome. Well, definitely spread the word with your friends. Any of them that want to come, you, they have an open door policy at the happy hour with Johnny Deuce to come on you anytime they like. You have a band coming next, 
right? Does yes, Amanda's other? supposed to be coming here in like 30 minutes. She's going to be on next, which we're excited oh, about. Okay, yeah. so fun fact about Amanda is that she and I are actually moving to the same city. Like we met on King of the Nerds, and she and I clicked so fast and like so deeply that as soon as the show was over, we were like, we can't live apart from each other anymore. So she is actually like selling her house, and we're going to move somewhere where we can be close to each other because that's how important my relationship with her is. That's awesome. That's awesome. So, so Heather, we know you got to run, but we just appreciate your time, and uh, we'll definitely be checking you out on the King of the Nerds on TBS Fridays at 9 p.m. Okay, Heather, you have a great day now. Thank you so much. You too. All right. Bye. Later. Bye. Of course, this is the happy hour with Johnny and Deuce, and uh, this is an amazing episode you got to hear. And uh, Deuce, there's several ways people can find us on the internet. How can they find us? They can find us. At HH Podcast Show on the Twitter machine, or they can hit us up on Gmail at HH Podcast Show at gmail.com. Wait, there's more. YouTube.com forward slash happy hour podcast. Also, twitch.tv forward slash happy hour podcast. We're doing a lot of the live Twitch stuff, as well as Facebook.com forward slash happy hour podcast show. And of course, uh, we're on SoundCloud, and uh, you can find us there, SoundCloud.com forward slash happy hour podcast. And as always, there's not one, not two, but three hashtags you put in your Twitter machine. There it is, is. Hashtag Happy Hour Podcast and hashtag HH Podcast Show and hashtag Deuces on the Loose. Later. Later.